You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Goodbye baseball, Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Great to have you here. Off day yesterday for the M's, now back to it as the sprint to the All-Star game is now upon us. Just a handful of games really left until the All-Star break. The Mariners looking to finish the first half strong in what has been an incredible first half for the Mariners. But a big series starting tonight at Safeco Field. It's already been a tremendous homestand. Winners of the first three of the homestand. And now the Angels come to town. This is a big ball game for the Angels, especially. I think it's big for both teams, but especially enormous for the Angels as they try and keep pace with the Mariners. Coming into this ball game, Astros still leading the West, 55-31. and 31. The Mariners, winners of seven in a row, just a half game back at 54-31. and 31. You have the A's at 46-39. and 39. Seven and a half back of the Mariners. And then the Angels, a game above 500 at 43 and 42. And they 11 back. So you can see, it's pretty obvious to see why this stretch is so important for the Angels, especially these ball games against the Mariners. Six games before the All Star break against the Mariners. Three here, and then three coming up in Los Angeles before the All-Star break next week. 7-10 tonight, 1-10 on the 4th of July, and then 7-10 coming up on Thursday. So no 4th of July podcast. Uh, We'll be back with you on Thursday after the game uh, tonight and Wednesday, after the games tonight and Wednesday. So that gets you all set up. Greg Green's going to be here in a few minutes. He's going to talk about uh, what else is coming up on this homestand? Also review what was a very fun night on Saturday with Turn Ahead the Clock. Speaking of that, Aaron Goldsmith, Mike Flowers, they'll be here as well to talk about that a little bit. Riz remembers. He will remember the last Kingdom game. So that should be a lot of fun, the anniversary. We just rolled past that. I want to get to Mark Langston, though. This is a conversation that Aaron Goldsmith had with Mark Langston when these teams met in June. I thought he really hit the nail on the head on the importance of that series for the Angels. After we hear the conversation, we'll we'll talk about kind of the context of that conversation, how it's relevant now, and in other ways, it's changed even since then. So here's Aaron Goldsmith and Mark Langston when these teams met the first time around. Mark, it's always good to see you. Always great to see you, especially here at Safeco Field. This it's a big series. This feels like a really enormous series on both sides. It's not make or break. Nobody will be eliminated. Right. That's certainly how the Mariners see it. What is it like from the Angels' point of view? I actually think it's a bigger series for the Angels than it is the Mariners because of the position that they have put themselves in. The Angels, if they have a bad series here, they, they start creeping farther and farther. And as we all know, it's harder to get back into that. So 
I, I, I believe it's a bigger series for the Angels. The Angels have to play good in this series. Uh, you know, you figure two out of three for the Angels' side of it. Otherwise, you start creeping farther and farther behind. The Mariners have put themselves in such a nice position to where the series is, I don't think it, it's a big series, but I don't think it's a, as big as it is for them as it is for the Angels. No Andrelton Simmons for the Angels on the disabled list with the ankle injury. When we first saw Simmons years and years and years ago with the Braves, he was just kind of a glove-only shortstop. Now, that being said, a premier glove. But we've seen him really come around with the bat, too. He's been a very good offensive player, elite defender. How big of a loss is Andrelton Simmons? Huge loss. It's an absolute for the offensive side. Defensively, he saves the Angels so many runs defensively. But this year, offensively, he was really up there with all the elite shortstops, Gene Segura being one of them. You could almost compare the two of them statistically, and you guys see Segura on a daily basis and know how important he is to your ball club offensively. That's what Simmons was providing for us from the offensive standpoint, hitting fifth, driving runs in, getting big hits, hitting for average, getting on base, providing those extra guys that's behind him the opportunity to drive in runs. So uh, anytime you lose a guy like that, not only from a shortstop standpoint, what he's capable of giving you from a defensive standpoint, offensively, it's a, it's a big loss. We'll be watching Andrew Haney, the Angels starter tonight, and it seems like whether it be uh, mostly health for Haney has held him back, but he appears to be healthy and he appears to have broken through in many ways coming off a of gym. Uh, what's been the differences here for Haney? You know, to me, it's the difference of where he moved on the mound. He started the season, his first two starts were on the third base side on the mound. And he, after that, he moved over to the first base side where he's more comfortable. And his last eight starts from that side, he's 3-3 three and three with a 1.93 ERA since he's moved from the third base over to the first base side. It's about angles. And for him, he's attacks on the inner half of the plate. It creates a better angle for him to go ahead and do that. Uh, he's been sensational as far as pitching in the strike zone he throws strikes he elevates when he needs to elevate and if you can elevate in the game today you can have success because guys swings are underneath that he's done a nice job with that he changes speeds really well and then he competes he's a guy that goes out there and competes it was great his last start something that we haven't seen from Mike Social let a starter who had a, over 100 pitches work the ninth inning this was a one nothing ball game and Mike Social let him go out there and uh, finish that one-hit shutout that he threw in his last start. So he's been, he's been one of our more consistent starters in this rotation. He's been a guy that the Angels count on to keep him in games as much as he possibly can, and he's delivered. The news in baseball is Shohei Otani as the Mariners and the Angels and the Astros duke it out in the top three in the American League West. Obviously, Otani on the disabled list, a great two strain of the UCL. Nobody knows for sure what's going to happen with him, but the loss of Otani must be just immense for your ball club. In, in many different ways. Obviously, from the pitching side, as much as James Paxson means to the Mariners and is that guy that can stop losing streaks and almost you feel like it's a, almost a win every time those guys are on the mound. Otani was that guy for the Angels, so you lose him from that capacity. But you really, we, he, we miss his presence in the batter's box. And I didn't think I would say that at the beginning of the year, but he certainly has, has really shown everybody he's very capable to hit at the major league level. And we missed that left-handed bat in the lineup on a consistent basis. So uh, it affects the Angels in two different ways. And certainly on the mound is one, but also it, his presence in the batter's box is, is greatly going to be missed. Mark, it's always a pleasure. This should be a fun series. Thanks for the time. Oh, anytime. I, I love it. Anytime I get a chance to sit and talk with you, it's, it makes my day better. <laughs> it's amazing how much is relevant from that conversation from the first time these teams met.
Uh, Simmons, of course, is healthy, and he is playing now for the Angels, so he is back. But Mark hit the nail on the head, and he's the best, about how much he contributes to what the Angels are doing right now defensively and offensively. Simmons coming into this game batting 319, 14 doubles along the way, five homers as well. Mixed in some power hitting in the middle of the order. So he's just huge, and we know what he does defensively. It sounds like Otani, at least that's a rumor, will be activated. Of course, won't be pitching in this series, but activated and will be hitting in this series. We'll see if that comes to pass. He's batting 289, 372 on base percentage, six homers, eight doubles so far offensively for this team. So that would be a big bat in the lineup. It's also interesting, you heard the conversation about Heaney. Heaney's getting the ball tonight for the Angels, and it's been a really interesting year for Heaney leading up to that game against the Mariners. He was outstanding through May, or just about through the entire month. He had a 3.09 ERA, really pitching well. June was kind of up and down. Against Kansas City, the start before the Mariners went the distance, a one-hitter. And then the Mariners got to him, five earned runs in three innings, three home runs off of Heaney, which was something we hadn't seen very much of Heaney this year. Bounced back, a nice start against the A's after that. Eight innings, three-run ball, dominated Toronto, seven innings of one-run ball. But then last time out in Boston, six earned runs, second most he's given up in the season this year in three and a third innings. So we'll see. So hard to know exactly what we're going to see from Heaney tonight at Safeco Field. LeBlanc will go for the Mariners tonight, 7-10 first pitch, 4th of July. It will be leak against officially TBA. It's sounding like Garrett Richards is going to be activated from the DL. Richards, the ace of their staff, has been dealing with that hamstring. Of course, that happened against the Mariners. He has not taken the mound since then. Way back on June 13th, it's been a big loss for them, obviously. The best pitcher on the staff, the ace of that staff, Garrett Richards. Sounds like he'll be activated for Wednesday, at least that's the rumor. And then Thursday, 7-10, Marco Gonzalez against Tyler Skaggs. Skaggs has been excellent. So is Gonzalez coming off his complete game as well. So this is going to be a very fun series at Safeco Field. And two teams that have really gone in the opposite directions – from the time last month, the Mariners has gone 13-7, and seven, tied for the second-best record in the American League, the only one better, the Astros 13-6. and six. Since then, the Angels 6-13. and 13. Only the White Sox, Baltimore, and Kansas City have worse records in that stretch. So two teams that have gone in the opposite direction. Huge opportunity in these six games against the Mariners for the Angels to try and climb back. I don't think it's would be an accident if we saw Otani and Richards activated because this is a big series for them. You look, you know, if the Mariners got a sweep or won the series, it puts the Angels in even more of a hole and perhaps a hole they can't climb out of. So these big, big three games coming up. Can't wait to see it safe go field for these three. So we have a lot left in this podcast. Things over to Aaron Goldsmith and Mike Blowers. Kind of a fun conversation, a, a wide-ranging conversation. Doing one on Blowers and Butcher. The 2-1 pitch on the way now. Swung on and a fly ball hit to deep center field and way back. Out the power. Evans to the track. He's to the wall. Grand finale time. 
has cleared him off with a four-run blast. And all of a sudden, it is nine to two. A mammoth home run deep over the left center field fence as Edmonds went back as far as he could. So Mike Flowers with his 11th home run, four more RBIs, and he has six tonight. It is that time of the week for a little star power. Mike Flowers joins us. Black Power, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, listening to that made me think about Jim Edmonds. Yes. Um, and I saw something the other day where they were saying that the catch that he made in Kansas City on the warning track was the best catch ever. The best ever? That's what they were saying. Now, who is they? I don't know. <laughs> but, it was, it was, but it was on TV. <laughs> well, it had to be right. Yeah. At least it had to be pretty It was right. a phenomenal catch. Yeah, do you no. remember which one I'm talking about? I absolutely about? do. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the kind of the thing, at least in St. Louis with Edmonds, that people kind of, I don't want to say accuse is the wrong word, but uh, – they laid the uh, claim to fame for Jimmy that he would intentionally kind of slow down. Time is dive. And then, uh, oh, now I'll dive. Just yeah. because, well, it looks better. You know, you wouldn't go gloves with diving catches, not with gliding to the gap easily making a one-hand catch. Yeah. But, hey, either way, it made for some great catches. Yeah. Hey, uh, a lot Glad of fun. Glad I didn't catch that one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good stuff to, uh, to catch up with you about as uh, yeah, we just heard the, the piece uh, that Gary put together this week's Riz Remembers on the, the last game at the Kingdom. And obviously, uh, so much of your professional career, big league career, was spent in that ballpark. When, when you think back to the Kingdom, man, what, what comes to mind first? Beautiful ballpark. <laughs> um, probably for me, Aaron, it, 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 I mean, it goes all the way back from the time that I went to my first major league game there when my dad took my brother and I to, to the Kingdom. So the Kingdom meant a lot to me growing up. I had a chance to. Um, go to a couple of tryouts. It's the first time I was in a big league ballpark. Um, now, well, like, now what, how old were you for these tryouts? Probably 17, maybe 18. I think it so went two is, years in a row. So 17, this is 18. awesome. It's awesome. It's unbelievable for me. And then when I was at the University of Washington, our last um, scrimmage, which was the end of spring training for the Mariners, we actually had a scrimmage game against the Mariners in the kingdom. I can't believe it was against the Mariners. So it was against the Mariners. <laughs> and, and so for a college kid um, – it was really, really cool. I believe Mike Moore um, started that game, and he ended up striking me out my first time up. But to stand in there against a legitimate major leaguer, um, and I was very familiar with Mike Moore at the time, and he was probably mid-'90s with one of the best sliders, just abused me. <laughs> um, but later on in that game, I ended up uh, getting a, a base hit. I think it was a double off of Paul Marabella. And, um, but I was just thrilled just to be on the field and, get that first ground ball, and it was just really cool. And then eventually, obviously, getting traded over and playing, as you mentioned, the bulk of my career in that kingdom. So, um, you know, for me, it, it, there's a lot of things that go on there. And, and I know it wasn't the prettiest thing, the big concrete warehouse, but um, we seemed to make it work. And the great thing about it, it was a great hitter's ballpark. And that short porch in right field with the high wall was really cool. Um, and just a lot of great moments and memories for this organization and, and myself in the kingdom. Now, one thing that I did not know until a couple of years ago, Mike, is the, the distinct sound of the catcher's glove inside the kingdom. The, 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 this cavernous pop. The echo. The echo. Mm -hmm. This was a thing in the kingdom. It was the thing in the kingdom, especially when Randy was pitching. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, mean, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, got, you, you got to work with Danny the last couple of days, and I'm sure that he's talked to you about that before. And, um, you know, Val also 
does a great job on the pre and post here. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. And, you know, for a long time there, I could, you know, I, I could hear the vendors just having casual conversation <laughs> because there was only about 8,000 people. I need more buns. I'm yeah, out of buns. Yeah, there's only about 8,000 people in the kingdom. But I would also tell you um, the loudest game I ever played yeah. in was that one game playoff where I could not hear anything, which was awesome. No, that, that is incredible. And, of course, the original uh, Turner had the clock night came in the kingdom in 98. We saw the recreation last night. And uh, I know, Mike, you've had a couple of well-earned days off, so you were a spectator of last night's game on television. I uh, thought you and Dan looked fantastic, well, though. The, the hair in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me your thoughts on Nelson Cruz's uniform, specifically, <laughs> specifically Nelson's arms. I think that Nelson is definitely – if somebody was going to wear that uniform without the T-shirt – and the sleeves, um, Nelson is the guy that should obviously do that. I thought it was, uh, it was tremendous. It was a little bit strange because uh, my son and I had just turned the game on, and Nelson was the first person I saw in the <laughs> uniform. So I assumed everybody was not having the sleeves on underneath, which obviously wasn't the case. But, um, yeah, he's, he's the best, I'll tell you that. I mean, the idea of any pitcher, whether you are a tenure veteran or a call-up facing Nelson Cruz, it seems terrifying uh, for all the obvious reasons. But then to see – to, to see the, the, the gun show going on with Nelson Cruz in last night's game. I mean, that uniform was made for Nelson Cruz. I heard you say that on the broadcast, and I was nodding, <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> Meanwhile, D. Gordon rocking sleeveless uh, uniform top was also almost as terrific, and the hat backwards. If yep. there's anybody the hat who backwards off, was awesome. it'd yep. be Flash Gordon. Yeah. Flash Gordon Jr. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And, of course, Felix untucked, which is the first thing he does when he is finally yeah. finished in the game. The first thing he does is untuck his jerseys. That's how we know when we get a shot in the dugout. If the shirt is untucked, that means he is done for the evening. But he decided to go untucked at the start of the game. So it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. It seemed like people were having a good time with it. So that's, that's the main thing. Absolutely. And uh, you know, another thing, too, the Mariners, Mike, we knew that the tough part of the schedule would be out east. It is softening yeah. now. The Mariners sweeping the Orioles, a chance now to sweep the Royals. And, I mean, you could look at the, the records, obviously. These are the two worst teams in the majors. However, uh, you sweep anybody. Back-to-back series sweeps, I don't care who they are, that's not an easy thing to do, especially those four games on the road for it's, the Orioles. It is not an easy thing to do um, against anybody because you still you go out and you play, and who knows what can happen on a given night. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a young man, Keller, who's coming into the game today, starting with Kansas City. He has a two-two-five. This will be his sixth start of the year. You never know. He may throw a gem against mm-hmm. you, but these guys continue to find a way, whether it's two-to-one or eight-to-seven. It's going to be a one-run game one way or the other, but it's either pitching one night or the hitting. And I look at the schedule, and they have an opportunity now, with especially with as, as, as well as they are playing, to really separate themselves with Anaheim going into the break. They have six games. Um, they're going to go out on the road, and, and they're going to play them here. So I think that is an opportunity for them. And then, of course, you know, you go into Colorado, and the Rockies are right around 500, so we'll see what happens there. So it's always difficult to go into Colorado, though, and I think the American League teams are at a bit of a disadvantage obviously because you don't have the DH. So. Well, and also just to put a bow on all that conversation with the, the, the rest of the division, I mean, if you're the Oakland A's, who, of course, have taken over the Angels. That's amazing what they're doing. It is. They've won six in a row, yeah. and they're thinking they can gain some ground on the Mariners. Well, the Mariners have won all six that they've played recently as well, so both teams have been playing well. And the Mariners have gained some ground finally on yes. Houston. And yesterday, of course, was the annual golf tournament for the Mariners. Such a good cause. Josh Kearns here to talk about that. Jim Brower faced plenty of adversity on the field throughout his nine-year Major League pitching career. 
but his fiercest battle came when his daughter Landry was born. Yeah, you, you, you break down. I mean, it's, you find out a newborn screening within, we, found, we knew there was an issue within a few days. Um, I left to go on the road because I, had, I was playing baseball still, and, and so I had a three-day, like everybody else, at home for the birth. I left to go back to play, and, and then the, the diagnosis was confirmed, and the, the first six months are a blur. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's a lot of crying, a lot of tears, and a lot of unknown, you know, what do we do? Landry was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, or as you've heard, CF. It's a progressive genetic disease that causes persistent lung infections and limits the ability to breathe over time. There are treatments, but no cure, and sadly, CF always ultimately ends up in a premature death. But there is hope, and each year life expectancies are increasing. It's one of those things that as a parent, you, you always want to just do the best you can for your child. And there's something that I just can't do, and one of the things is I can't do the research, I can't make the money grow on trees, but what I can do is be a spokesperson for it and you know, try to get some other people that are interested, and it is something that we are getting close. I feel it, um, and I know they're, they're doing some really good things in some other areas on CF, some of the mutations and stuff, but it'll happen. It just it takes time, and then when you have a child with CF, time isn't my my friend. You know, it's she's as a newborn, they're like, oh, we're going to find a cure quick. She's 10 now. My level of urgency always is, is peaked. And that's why Brower has agreed to serve as host for the 33rd Annual Mariner's Care Golf Tournament to benefit the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. It'll be played Monday at Seattle's Broadmoor Country Club. Brower just stepped in three weeks ago when the team released reliever Mark Repsinski, who was supposed to serve as the host. But he knew he'd ultimately be intimately involved with the cause anyway from the moment he saw a flyer for Mariner's Care in the clubhouse when he first came here to interview for the job last fall. You go to these events and you see these kids that are at first, my first year, 10 years ago of doing this, you saw a lot of baby pictures up on the board of, you know, kids, you know, with CF, and now you're seeing, you know, teens and adults, and it, it, it is uplifting. It, as a parent, Landry doesn't know any better. She's just, she's a kid. She's a kid that does some things different than some other kids when it comes to what she has to do to take care of herself. But at the end of the day, she's out there playing, running, jumping. She's awesome. Uh, so the other stress, hopefully my wife and I are taking that from her at least as much as we can and that's the support is there I mean knowing that it is making strides that there are people out there to support I mean it's, it's amazing and Mariners Care has always provided that support for the CF Foundation Community Relations Manager Sean Grinley says that effort has raised over six million dollars over the past three decades the neat thing about it is it's been all, all the Mariners family, players, coaches, alumni, broadcasters, uh, and staff all kind of coming together to, uh, to not only raise funds, but awareness for CF. And when we started, uh, the life expectancy of a kid with CF uh, wasn't uh, expected to get past high school. And today, what's really cool is half the CF population is over the age, in America, is over the age of 18. So uh, there's been a lot of advancements. We still have a, a ways to go. Uh, but it's neat to be able to be a part of something that, that's making a difference. And hopefully that means a much longer life for now 10-year-old Landry and all the other families combating CF. She is doing great. I mean, she's active. She loves sports. She loves to run around. But, again, there are some things that she has to deal with, obviously, that you know, is part of having CF. It's the treatments. It's having the medications prior to eating. Um, a lot of different things that come into play, but she, she takes in strike. She doesn't really know any different, but it's also just kind of part of her routine. And, you know, and we, 
things are weird if you make it weird and everything we do is just normal and so she, that's where she, the way she sees it. We have a great friends and family that they feel the same way. They'll come over while she's doing treatments. It, unbelievably supportive. And it's, you know, kids, you know, anything they time they do something different than somebody else, sometimes it can get a little hard. But w with the, the community that we have, it's, it's been great. Thanks to Mariner's Care, that community just keeps growing and growing. For the Mariner's Sunday Magazine, I'm Josh Kearns reporting. And here's Greg Green. Ah, uh, yes, we have been we have been waiting for this. You know, Mike Flowers is, is the best warm-up act you can ask for in baseball. As he has set the scene here for the, the coolest guy in the ballpark, Greg Green of the front office. Gigi, thanks for stopping by. If I'm the coolest guy in the ballpark, it's not a cool place. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, well, we, we have to talk about so many things, including uh, last night. And your hair. Well, you know. <laughs> Tough on radio to describe, I, but I mean, people saw it. It, it aged. Saw it. It, you aged well. Uh, well, I will say, my my wonderful wife Heather, when she saw me, said, "Let's hope that the future doesn't look like this." <laughs> 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 but the uh, the touch of silver uh, washed out just fine last night. Which yeah, it was more than a touch. It was definitely more than yeah. a touch. It was the entire tub of silver. Yep. You pulled it off. Paste. You pulled it off. Well, uh, you know, we, we have to go back and talk about last night's turn ahead of the clock night. You were, of course, there. You were just a pup. You were, what, your first year at the Mariners? Uh, yeah, it was my first full-time year back in 1998. Okay. So I'd been with the club about full-time three months. And <laughs> I remember we all went out to talk about, this is back in 1998, you know, all these different ideas and what we were going to do. And we had this list of probably like 75 different ideas to work on. And I just went back and looked at the notes. There was you like, have the notes from then? Oh, yeah. We save everything. There was only one thing assigned to me, and that was go find a robot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. I went and found a robot, and it looked like a trash can. <laughs> now, 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 you're a UW guy, and you, went, UW, you yeah. went to UW and said, hey, uh, who's... I went to the engineering department. I told them, hey, we're going to do this thing. We're going to have Scotty Duhan come from Star Trek, throw the first pitch. We need one of your robots to deliver a ball. And they got all excited and... Uh, so I went and met with them. I got a picture of the robot. I bring it back to my boss at the time, Kevin Martinez. I'm like, I'm a really excited, but this is like my one job. You have one job, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I come back with the photo. I put it down. I'll never forget this. Put the down phone him. And he's like, huh, kind of looks like a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> and he paused. You he, he could see like kind of the, the, the tears welling up in my eyes because I was like, this is my whole job. He goes, that's all right. We'll roll with it. We'll call him Mr. Scraps. So Mr. Scraps came out, delivered the ball, and and uh, the rest is history. So how did last night compare to the original version in your eyes? Uh, last night was a lot of fun. You know, it, it's cool with technology to be, do, be able to do so many different things and have you know the ballpark and have the history of the event now, being yeah. able to do the sequel. It's tough to always kind of live up to the original, but um, I thought it was a ton of fun. You know, our, our group, uh, again, sat down and brainstormed hundreds of ideas uh, we were able to execute on many of them you know some misfired during the game and some worked out better than we expected but uh, all in all it was a blast the fans had a great time it was great to see them get in the spirit of it you know with the giant uh, felix head cut out in the king's court and people dressing up some with them some fans wearing their kind of retro turn ahead gear bringing out the original you know oh, really? cap that we gave away in in 98 it was uh it was a really fun night in the ballpark no it was terrific it was a ton of fun and i 
am eager for you to be a part of the third turn ahead of the clock night. 20, how are we going to do that? Because we fast forward. Do we turn ahead back to 2027? I don't know. We'll figure that out in the next 20 years. Consult your notes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I know you kept both, both versions from the first time and last time. Rico? Do we have to wait 20 years? I'm going to be here. <laughs> oh, you'll be here, Rico. You'll be here. Do it earlier. <laughs> Uh, it was a ton of fun. At, at some point, though, in the next 10 years, we have to change the uniforms, right? It, that's going to happen. I thought the the obviously the Mariners' uniforms were essentially identical, right? To the 98 to, to the 98. Yeah. Uh, the Royals' uniforms, uh, fortunately, were <laughs> yes. less canary. Yes. They, I thought the Royals' uniforms looked awesome. They, they looked were really great. Cool. Their helmets with yeah, the, the with crown on it, they did a great job. They did a really cool job. Hey, well, today is a very special day, a happy Canada Day to you. Thank you very much. You as well. Hey. Uh, the Big Maple is up on the mound. And this, I know Camden Finney of the front office is kind of the, uh, I don't know if brainchild is too strong of a term, but yeah. she is she is the mother of the bobbleheads. Yes, she is. And Camden Finney celebrating today 10 years with the Mariners organization. Oh, oh my a gosh. decade in the game for Camden well, Finney. Well, this is, this is terrific because, uh, and a Zag as well, um, yeah. went to grad school there in Spokane. Today, uh, not only is James Paxton on the mound, it is his bobblehead day. Yep. And this is one of the great audibles in bobblehead history, yep. what you guys were able to do with the James Paxton bobblehead. Yeah, so it, this is an interesting story, too. So we're watching that day game uh, against Minnesota. It's their opening day. We're getting ready for a marketing meeting. So all of us are, are gathered in a conference room here and you know, kind of waiting for everybody to get there. And the game is on. The pregame is on. And we see the Eagles swoop past Paxton. And all of us, like, gasped, like, you know, there's a dozen of us in this room. We're like, oh, my goodness, did that just happen? And then the bird lands on Paxton, and we lose our minds. <laughs> and, of course, of course, our social media guys, Nathan and Colin, immediately, like, run back to their desks and just oh. start, like, pumping out content. And, <laughs> this you know, is, like this, and, this and is we the have, Super Bowl for them. Yes, and then, you know, Camden is on the phone with, you know, the folks that make our bobbleheads and, and got the, the bird at we, we put a bird on it, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, and how rare is it that the bobblehead actually, for a pitcher, the bobblehead actually lines up with him starting? I mean, this is this is terrific. It's serendipity, man. And they, you know, and then uh, Marco pitching on Gonzaga night. Yes, and yeah. It's a special how guys, year. How do you guys do this? It's a special. We we consult a, a lot of different calendars, and <laughs> astrological, lunar, yeah, <laughs> we, and whatnot. We, yeah, it gets pretty deep. We wear robes. It gets weird, man. <laughs> uh, I do notice your crystal ball you have yep. in front of you. Hey, well, this is a this is a nice. Nine-game, ten-day homestand for the Mariners, and I know we've talked about uh, what has happened, what is happening today, but there's plenty of other good stuff coming down the pike for the Mariners at Safeco yeah, Field. Fourth of July Eve, if you will, on July third, uh, the patriotic fireworks show, a magical fireworks show. You don't have to, you know, schlep all your stuff and you know go to a hill and, and find part. You come to <laughs> the ballpark, the yeah. You, you see it, you see it. You come Especially to the game, Gary. you get it, you get your own seat, and you're right up close to the fireworks show. Um, I see what you did there. Yeah, um, I liked it. So, 7-10 start thanks to T-Mobile, the post-game fireworks on July 3rd. Tickets still available for that. Really great way to kick off your 4th of July celebration. And then you can continue it the next day. we got a 1-10 start on the 4th of July. You get the patriotic cowboy hat, the mm. red, white, and blue cowboy hat, which is great to bring you to your evening festivities on July 4th. And it's country music night, Aaron. Oh, really? Did you know that? It's I country music night. You go to Mariners.com slash country. You get a ticket. You get a boot koozie. And you get your first <laughs> drink for 40 bucks, 35 bucks. And what's more, wait, there's more. You can get a Zach Brown concert ticket added to that, 75 bucks. All that game ticket, koozie, cowboy hat, all of it, 75 bucks. Great deal. Because they'll be at Safeco Field, right? They're coming to Safeco Field August 31st. My goodness. I could use in more cowboy boot koozies in my life. You and really now, I know, <laughs> now I know where to come. That's, That's terrific. Right. Uh, Gigi, hey, 
Fine work last night. Fun night for everybody. Great. A lot of people involved making it happen. Absolutely. Good stuff. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy day. Pleasure to be here.